close encounter with an angry man. I'm recovering my composure after a close encounter I had with an angry man this morning. It took place outside the deli in Lapwing Lane, where the Didsbury Philosophical and Literary Society meets to discuss such issues as the nature of time, the doubts cast on string theory, and the ethics of pulling off a single banana, leaving an incomplete hand for other fresh fruit purchasers. I was leaving for the short journey across the road to the Northern Tennis Club, where I intended to partake of a not very vigorous session on the treadmill in the gym. But I noticed that an ageing BMW had parked rather close to my offside, and the driver was also preparing to leave. I thought I would move out first, but in reversing became aware that I was very close to striking his driver's side wing mirror. The driver had noticed the fact as well, and seemed to be shouting something that did not seem terribly friendly at me. I tried to conduct a sharp exit, but realised I was still too close to a clash of wing mirrors. By now, the other driver was mouthing obscenities and gesticulating. I was being confronted by a very angry, very tall, very fit-looking young man. Now, this is not the first time I've had a minor collision over the long period of my driving life. These earlier experiences have taught me the rudiments of avoiding making a bad situation worse. Unpleasant as it might be, I knew it would be better for me to get out of the car and start what I hope would be a calming discussion. We meet curbside. You smashed my car and was driving off without stopping. He snarled, his large hands clenching and unclenching. At least he was unarmed. There were several inaccuracies in that observation, but my self-preservation mode told me that this was not yet the time to point them out to him until we had become more friendly. I examined the front of his car and could see no scratches. Don't mention the absence of scratches, I thought to myself. If I have damaged your car, I take full responsibility and we can sort it out with our insurance people. This did not seem to pacify him. You shouldn't be driving if you don't know when you've hit somebody. He did not seem to be calming down at all. Look, you damaged your own car. He pointed to a few minor scratch marks from the more recent metal-on-metal encounters I had witnessed. Still not time to disagree. Then I noticed the damage to his ring wing mirror. I don't think I could have done that. My discovery briefly took him out of rant mode, but I could sense he did not want to pursue this forensic line of investigations. That's from before, he admitted. By then, members of my coffee group had started assembling outside the deli. So, you don't think there's any damage to your car? That's good, I said. Are you OK with that? His lips were moving, but no sounds were coming out. You shouldn't be driving a car, he eventually managed to growl. Don't tell him he's already said that, I thought. I backed out enough to give him leeway to carry out a Grand Prix pit stop exit. I reversed more sedately, as if an invisible driving instructor was at my side. I feel a podcast coming on, I called to the spectators, driving away. My close encounter had come to a bloodless end.
I need time to reach firm conclusions about lessons learned.